0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, April thirteenth, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. When federal agencies stopped what they called a terrorist ring in Newburgh, New York, the headlines generated seemed legitimate. Filmmaker David Heilbronner tells a different story in his film, The Newburgh Sting. We spoke today about the film and what it tells us about how the feds investigate terrorist plots. John Mueller here at the Cato Institute uh, likes to refer to uh, something he calls the self-licking ice cream cone. And he's talking about bureaucratic agencies, uh, both law enforcement and otherwise, that need a purpose, even when their purpose is not quite as serious or as broad as they might have you believe. And what you're presenting seems to be an example of an agency that is doing its best
1: to have a reason. To exist, yes. Um, this is more of even a hot fudge Sunday, I think, as far as the FBI is concerned. It was a big deal for them. Um, you know, In our film called The Newburgh Sting, we, we, we document this case that the FBI has taken around to Congress and before the public uh, saying that they've protected America from a threat from four Muslims who wanted simply to buy weapons from the FBI and were then going to bomb synagogues north of New York City, talk about a politically incendiary choice of target, and also use a Stinger missile to take down planes over Stewart Airport. I mean, it sounds... Sounds terrifying, and when I was in New York City when this case went down, and I believed the story.
0: Okay, so what is the actual story uh, as it as it unfolded in real time?
1: Well, well, the real story, and I can say that unequivocally because we, we told this story through the FBI's own undercover videotape. So this is not a he said, she said situation. What the FBI did in, in 2008 is send a, a man named Shahed Hussein, who was an undercover informant, to an incredibly impoverished town, Newburgh, New York, uh, on a mission to find terrorists. And he went to the local mosque, and everybody realized he was a weird dude, and they didn't want to talk to him, and they sort of shunned him. And in the parking lot, he meets f- an James Cromedy, uh, who's broke, he works at Walmart, and Shahed says, "Listen, you know, come take a ride with me. I've got these nice cars. I'll take you out to lunch." So, he, Cromedy sort of smells money and goes along with it. And Shahed Hussein floats the idea that he's connected with a, a terrorist organization that pays big bucks for anyone who might help. And Cromedy says, "You know, I hate America too. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'll, you pay me enough, I'll, I'll do what you want." And um, Cromedy gets cold feet eventually, months pass, he, nothing happens. He, he, he talks a good line, what he's really trying to do is scam the guy. Months pass, eventually the guy finds Cromedy again and offers him $250,000 on tape. Um, now, I've spoken to FBI agents and when FBI does an undercover uh, hit for a higher case, you know, $10,000 is what you're talking about. $250,000 is change your life money to a lot of people and in Newburgh it is, it is indeed that on steroids. So, he lures this guy, Cromedy, and Cromedy then goes, hits the neighborhood, and finds three boneheads to go along with him, one of whom was a schizophrenic living in a halfway house, and two guys were working in a factory, and they were broke. And all of a sudden, he has four guys, which become a, quote, terrorist ring. All right. So, how this was presented in your film goes into
0: some level of detail using the FBI's own footage and media footage after uh, this... Plots, and it was a
1: plot, uh, was foiled. Yeah, the FBI made the most of the bust. They, they set the four guys up and said, here's what you're going to do. And they gave them two satchels full of fake uh, plastic explosive and told them where to go. And they, they, they dutifully followed orders and, and did go through with us. And it's that's really, so something really important to note about this, but uh, I'll circle back around to that. But they went through with the crime, and the FBI made, as I said, the most of the event. They hi, they, they alerted all the press who were there to record this. They brought in. 100 cops. They brought in a tractor trailer to block the streets, a bomb squad, um, an armored vehicle, um, Joint Terrorism Task Force, the Sheriff's Office, the NYPD, the FBI, um, Homeland Security. Now, you have to understand these are four guys who are unarmed and do not have active weapons because the weapons were provided by the FBI and they were inert. So, why the American public or the New York City Police and the FBI are spending fortunes to get 100 cops on scene with a with a bomb squad when there's no bomb is is truly awful. And and what it's important to recognize in this film is not that this is an apology that that you know the FBI is luring people into committing crimes that they otherwise wouldn't have. I think it's terrible they did it. I don't approve of it. But what's worse is that when they when they do go out and perform this kind of entrapment, they don't admit it. They say, no, we've actually captured real terrorists. And what that does is it spreads a kind of fear. This is a self licking ice cream cone thing. It spreads the kind of fear that makes um, Congress pony up the big bucks and goes, you know, I want to fight terrorism. You caught four terrorists. You know, I, you must really be doing a good job. And so it's, it's the best PR. $250,000 to someone who
0: is, is witnessing the person he's dealing with is very wealthy. Um, you know, there are a lot of things people would be willing to do for that kind of money, but this was turned into this is a very particularly a Muslim plot executed against Jews. Yeah. And watching the the uh, the FBI footage that you detail, it seems to be the uh, FBI's man
1: is really steering the entire project. Sure, you know. If the FBI went to Newburgh, New York, and found four guys who they wanted to get off the streets because maybe they were potentially manipulable into doing something bad, get them for what they usually do. Get Cromedy on dealing pot. You know, Get them to sell an, a pound of pot and put them away for a few years. Get them on a gun charge. Something really, the, the, the typical low-life stuff that these guys have done before, and it's who they are. They're not terrorists. Um, by, by creating this illusion that there's this pr- profound link between Islam and terrorism, you know it's they are doing ISIS an enormous service they're making America look cynical and and anti-muslim at just the precise time in history when uh, we should be doing the opposite.
0: What responsibility do you believe uh, law
1: enforcement has? not to frighten people unnecessarily. Yeah, I think honesty is the best policy. It may be going out of style. I may be old school in that regard. I listen to country music, and so that's, you know, I'm one of those guys who really does believe in, you know, uh, can't, you know the truth has remarkable strategic advantages, and the FBI is not telling Congress and the public the truth about what they're doing. If they want to admit, we go out and dangle a quarter million dollars in front of impoverished you know, um, susceptible boneheads, and then dress it up as a fake terrorist case. Um, say so, because that it's it's un, you know. We, when I released this film, I really expected more blowback from the press. And what was nice is, you know, the, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Hollywood media um, bloggers. Nobody questioned the the accuracy of the story, so this isn't a matter of is the FBI really doing it? No, you can take it to the bank. This is what this is how the FBI operates, and it, it undermines our faith in in when when a real bust is made, is it re, is it really real? And John Mueller, in a lot of his writings
0: for Cato and elsewhere, has detailed dozens of cases uh, of similar. Uh, "Quote unquote" plots that were foiled.
1: Yeah, this isn't this isn't a one-off. Um, the film goes into uh, it, it has its what what I would call the <laughs> eat your broccoli section of every documentary where you have to like do the the actual academic groundwork to make it to make it a credible case. We we profile a number of cases around the country. We also interviewed um, the FBI. Of course, wouldn't go on camera. They almost never do to talk about their cases. But I found the former assistant director of the FBI, a guy named Tom Fuentes, who I called him up. I said, "Hey, Tom, will, will you?" talk about, will you stand up for the FBI and what went down in Newburgh? And he said, I love the FBI. I retired at 11.59 p.m. on my last possible day. Um, uh, Sure, come on in. So we start talking about the case. And by the end, he says something, and it's in the film. He said, what the FBI does, he said, it's the opposite of Jesse Jackson's keep hope alive. He said, this is keep fear alive. Keep it alive. We can't go to Congress and say we're doing great on the war on terror and everything's fine uh, because they'll cut our budget in half. But the truth is, and Ben Friedman from Cato, who he and I testified before the U.S. Senate at a panel in in October, uh, he said, you know, the good news is that there really isn't an incredible terrorist threat um, at home. There's a a very small terrorist threat, and it's worth paying attention to, it's worth fighting, but you can't gin it up into something bigger than it is in order to justify budgets. So uh, what's the role of the media here?
0: Because, you know, uh, having been a reporter... The day one story is the story that everybody talks about, and the follow-up day
1: two, day three, and then weeks and months later. I mean, here's here's the dilemma. The problem is time. Uh, you know, you you've got a ticking clock, which is called the headline of the next day's news, and you got you got to put something in there. And some big event happened. And how much digging can you do? And how much how much of a trigger is there that something isn't quite right? Um, the reason that we could make this film is because these four guys went to trial, and because they went to trial, all the FBI undercover tapes became public record. Um, this happens over and over again, but 99% of the people the FBI bust plead guilty. And when you plead guilty, uh, the tapes go back in the FBI vault, never to be seen again. You can't get them with a Freedom of Information request. Uh, I'm not even sure Congress can subpoena them. I don't know how available they are, but I know that it is, they, they are basically buried. Um, and and so the role of the media is to to try to you know dig as hard as you can. It's like it's like WMD back you know with Colin Powell. Um, it, it was it it was a believable story. This was a believable story. And had these guys not gone to trial, it might have remained that. David Heilbronner
0: is a documentary filmmaker. You can watch an event for the Newburgh Sting at our website cato.org.